What's up, people? It's another week, another episode of the Super Empty Show, the essential hip-hop podcast, or at least a respectable hip-hop podcast, we hope, of the Carolinas. I'm your host, Ryan Coca. We have a skeleton crew today. Uh, Alex is not with us. Even our producer, Holland, is not with us. Justin is working double duty, producer and co-host. What do you have to say for yourself? A do what it takes to win. <laughs> you I'm are like the James Harden of I was just about podcasts. to ask if you could give us an NBA player that you're being right now. Thank you. I thought this week it would not be a big deal since I'm going out of town. I was like, oh, we'll just we'll record on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, actually, and it'll be fine. We'll just drop it the following week. Nothing wrong with that. And then what happens? The next day, J. Cole says, I'm Surprise. dropping an album. Surprise. I'm dropping an album in five days, as in two days from right now. So there's not really a point in talking about the con- Well, we can't talk about the content of the album because we don't have it. There's not really a point in previewing the album because by the time this comes out, it will have been out for four days. So uh, yeah, I, you know we're excited, but I think he could have like thought about us a little bit more in the way he planned this. I think in the future, it will not be uncommon for us to debut J. Cole albums on this show. No, not at all. Or you mean we could be the place <laughs> that he says, that he announces. Yes. He has an album coming out. Yeah. That's, that's what they would like to do is like record it on a Sunday and have it come out four days later. <laughs> um. Well, obviously we're ecstatic, seriously, but I have to say some of these people online, the Cole haters, I can be mad at them all I want, but some of their stuff is really fucking hilarious. The way that it's become a meme that people are just like the biggest J. Cole fans, no matter what he does, he could say the most boring thing and people are like, he's so real. He just speaks to me. Uh, I saw somebody I have to, I have to call attention to who has said, um, J. Cole references coming his, coming his pants or folding the laundry. And his fans, his fans on Twitter go, and it's that meme of this guy on a couch just being like, oh my God, wow, oh my God. (laughs) Which is, you know, it's kind of true. That's kind of how I react no matter what he does. Fuck Justin Charity though. Because in that ringer piece, he didn't defend J. Cole against Jay Serrano. Somebody else step up to the plate and do that because Justin Charity did not do it justice. I love Shay, but he's my biggest nemesis right now. Anytime there's a J. Cole rollout coming. Or just, well, oh, well, in the playoffs. NBA, NBA playoffs. Feel when are you going to get an NBA playoffs show, by the way? Or when, when an a, NBA show on RPN? Tomorrow. Let's start tomorrow. Oh, my God. Well, it really depends on how tonight's game goes. You have a, yeah. Well, you and Holland can work on that, I suppose. We need to reopen our NBA chat. Yeah. Yeah. You guys didn't believe in the Sixers. Or the Celtics. What's the bet? You, you and Holland? It's that the Celtics have to last longer than the the, the Cavs, okay. but it was it was put off because there was a major injury. Fair to a star player. Anyways, no we'll on get on with that another though. time. We'll do that on the NBA show. So this is the plan because we can't put the episode out on Wednesday in good conscience without covering the Cole album. Uh, we're gonna do a conference call. I'm gonna call in from Texas. I'll talk to you guys about it after you finish the rundown. And so you'll be hearing that. And then we have an interview with longtime Durham resident, rapper, Carvassier. He has many memories, stories from middle school, high school, sneaking over to Central and meeting Ninth Wonder and Tom Hardy and Rhapsody, all these people who emerged after the Justice League days. So we'll have that second. And let me just say, for those of you who are thinking, you'll listen to the group chat about J. Cole, and then I'll turn it off. Let me just put it out there that on this week of all weeks, it's great, it's amazing. It's fantastic that we have J. Cole blowing up. He's got another album coming out. I'm sure it's going to go platinum again. Um, but as you heard in a episode a couple weeks ago with Kazi and Bum Rush, 
he came up in the same, you know, came out of Fayetteville around the globe, but he came up in the same scene in North Carolina as a lot of these people doing microphone Mondays in Chapel Hill as uh, the therapist getting put on first before all these other people. And, you know, there's a lot of other people in North Carolina who have been in the scene working for a long time, great producers, great rappers. And uh, yeah, Karasia is one of those guys. So I would just uh, ask you in honor of this special moment with this J. Cole album coming out to get to know another artist, if you don't know him, who, like Cole, has been grinding at this for a long time. So uh, here are the thoughts on the new J. Cole album. We're hopping into our time machine from four days from now in three, two, one. Mecklenburg County, born and raised in the city. Represent right around three, little bitty. 10, 11, 19, double A, get it. Then, over to the west side with it. Got dropped off a day, killing near the valley. Graduated, went to preschool on the platform. Straight to for it while I'm headed to Ralph. Harder baited for it, I ain't talking about louder. Okay, we just stepped into our time machine. Five days ahead of where we just were. I'm on the phone now. I'm in Texas. But uh, we have to get these, these J. Cole opinions in. So, I'm remotely talking to the rest of the team. Does anybody care to give their first opinions, their first thoughts? Uh, yeah, I actually really, really dig the album. Dig it. Uh, entirely. Um, unlike some other people I know. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> not going to name names. No, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I've probably listened to it like 10 to 15 times at this point. It's pretty much been the only thing I've listened to in the past couple of days. Um, Same. Yeah, and so just sitting with it and, and starting to really digest every track and kind of the you know, what his intention was behind it has been very enjoyable for me. And I think it's going to be one that I think especially yeah, revisiting it in like six months is going to be helpful. Yeah. As you know, as we were, I think you're referring to, I had a, a pretty strong reaction, a pretty, a pretty strong negative reaction. <laughs> a, a take, uh, you might with. say. Do you have takes, Ryan? You, you I, may I did, but it's actually, you never I, wanted I, to listen I to it again. I kind of teased it yesterday, massively reversed. Massively, I probably have not had a, uh, any project album have this kind of 180 turn in my life, yeah, actually. You knew you were going to say that shit. <laughs> you knew I would say that anyways? All it took was a plane ride. I mean, yeah, it just took a couple more hours with it, like Alex said. I mean, I think that um, the big difference maker was just spending more time with the songs on the back half that mm. really make the front half make more sense and make it more... Uh, palatable like why those things are there and when you start to hear listen to it more as a whole thing and less about individual tracks because as i said when we were you know feverishly debating this on friday like afternoon which is such a like we talked about in the interview actually with Kravasi on this show the microwave generation of we were like feverishly debating this like 12 hours after it had come out yes and we were already deciding if this was a classic or not and all this stuff um it was just hearing like motivate and atm in those songs individually and judging them as uh yeah just individual singles it was like I, I said to mandy i was like i don't want j cole for this i could listen to anybody else do this and i'm not going to go to him for these kind of songs and i would actually rather have like earth gang on this song or jid they're, they're better at this um but then like later with friends and window pane which is like insane oh my like God, it's yeah. such a good song and ties everything up yeah. it just makes it more acceptable not only acceptable, but it actually makes those songs enjoyable, I would say. Once an Addict. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, yeah, Holland coming in with the Once an Addict take, too. Or not take, but yeah, just... Yeah, that was my take. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, yeah, I think this is another one where it's more cohesive as a project, less as individual tracks. And it definitely takes the time to be able to listen to it a couple times through and, and see how later songs connect to the beginning, like... You know, like a plane ride does for someone. They can make it 180. 
Yeah, I'm curious. How do you feel? How do you guys feel about like listening to this album? I feel well, I feel like it's an album that you kind of want to listen to the whole thing like we're talking about right now with the message and stuff like that. And I wonder how that's going to feel to us in like a month's time. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Are we still going to like love it? Are we going to or is it just because it's fresh and it's new? And I think all the songs are great. Um, I really again, like you guys are saying, love the back four songs of it. Um, but I wonder how we're going to feel about this as a whole moving forward. I mean, that was the thing with four year eyes only, um, you know, the criticism of it not having a lot of replay value. And I, as a, uh, huge J Cole stand, I want to fight against that. But the fact is I probably haven't listened to it in over six months. Ooh. Yeah. That's what I say too. That's, that's how I feel about four year eyes only as well. Interesting. Cause I'm yeah. coming, I'm coming from it completely differently. Cause for me, I probably didn't listen to it for probably a year and a half. And then in the past two months, I've found myself revisiting it very often and pretty much in its entirety. Um, I, I, that might be a fact that there's not really like a single on there that you want to go back to necessarily. Um, but I, I found myself really kind of enjoying that project as a whole completely through uh, much more often. I kind of feel like that's how I'm going to go with this one too. There's a couple songs here and there that you know I've picked out to, to repeat on their own. Um, but I've, Every time I've listened to one track, I've basically ended up just listening to the album so far. Um, and I feel like that's yeah, going to carry exactly. over. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be how it goes for probably the entirety of my listening of this album. Do you think he could benefit from having... I know he talked about it on the album, about people not being worthy, but do you think it would ben- he would benefit from working with more people right at this point in his career? As opposed to just always trying to do the double platinum, no features. I mean, stick. that was a trope that I talked to. I was talking to my friend Rowan about, and he was kind of sick of it. He was like, you know, this is um, it's cool and all. You know, it was a cool, funny thing when he started. It was cool that he did that, but now it's kind of like collaboration is a good thing, and it's kind of become this this meme that it almost seems forced that he has to do this every time. I didn't necessarily feel that strongly. Like I, I don't know. I, the thing if it's warranted it's warranted and i do think that on some of the songs where you're literally doing a satirical version of the trap style it's like hey you guys have, you have guys on your label who are really good at that and not just that sound in earth gang but like they actually aren't the uh sipping lean kind of guys but they do that song that sound and they like it kind of is what their music is like like motivate and atm they actually have turn up songs that are more thoughtful than usual turn up songs like from Atlanta. That's how they're different than most artists, and that's why he signed them. So it do seem like a golden opportunity to do to bring some of your artists onto your album. And I, I do think I don't know. I go back and forth on that issue as far as is it cool that he leaves them off because it's a sign of confidence in his label that they can get big without being put on all of his songs, you know? Or what if he's just selfish? He just, I no, mean, you know, like you, so. you keep more of the, of the royalties if you don't have big features. So. You're right. He does seem like a guy who's very concerned about being wealthy. Yeah. Just watch ATM. I mean, my hot take on J. Cole having features is sometimes I just think J. Cole shouldn't sing. But that's that's my hot take, which, you know, we have pushback Wait, here in oh the yeah, studio. Oh, yeah, because you don't like I the disagree. singing, Mandy. What do you think about the uh, features yeah. where he's like pitch, he's pitched his voice and all that? I like that. Really he sounds so, like a different person. I, I think it sounds good when he does stuff like he's done affected the voice but like and, and did it that way. But when it's just him bass like singing into oh. the mic, I find it to be a little harsh on my ears. I, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, feel I feel like I, I just like. You're, you are, not to put you on the spot, but you're the youngest person here. He's speaking to the kids on this album. I want to hear your opinions. 
Talking to me? Yeah, you. <laughs> I like it. I talked to you about this in the Slack, Ryan, about how I think that J. Cole occupies this space where he can be semi-satirical about something and also have it be a little bit representative of the thing itself, like we've been talking about with the trap shit, how you like motivate, because it's kind of a turn-up song, but it's also kind of poking fun at a turn-up song. And to me, that right. is what I appreciate about Cole, is that, except for the last song, which to me feels kind of preachy, and he has like eight or 16 bars at the beginning that try to throw the scent off how preachy it is, but it's really preachy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think he does a good... Do a whole different episode on that song. Yeah, I think he does it. I think he does a good job of speaking to the thing and also having a point of view about the thing. Like, this whole thing about the turn-up music, like, it's not as black and white as, like, this new sound is holistically, like, a bad thing for culture or for kids or right, something. Right, right. Like, there's value in it. And what I think that Cole does well is expressing the value of it by having like the vibe of it so that you feel like when he's like big bills big bit like you sing that and you feel that and you enjoy that energy of it but he's also coming at it from the other side so i think he does a good job of approaching these things from a holistic value like perspective rather than one taking one side or the other with the exception of the last song and that's what i appreciate about cole and i think he's done that before we were talking before we went on about uh the tale of two cities joint on, um, yes. you know, where he's kind of like the bars That's are pretty violent, but he's not that people turn up to, but it's like the parts of it that people enjoy are the parts he's not trying to glorify. That's what I'm saying. Yep. So that's my opinion on it. Um, goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah. To, so I kind of want to just touch on my opinion of Cole singing. Uh, <laughs> Cause I love it. I think I th- I especially really really enjoy Kill Edward. I don't know who this guy is, um, but you know he's gonna be a big star someday. Uh, no, I don't, I just think I think uh, his singing has gotten a lot better, especially on For Your Eyes Only. I can definitely see there's a couple couple points on that album where yeah his voice was a little harsh, it was a little grating, but I think especially on on here it's it's developed in a way where it's he's able to use the tone and and like the sound of his voice perfectly in, in in whenever he sings i agree with that and sorry let me preface that my upsetness with his singing is from for your eyes only and it's not from this most recent album yeah. justin when you were asking me about the uh, rankings how did you feel yeah i i i wasn't a huge <laughs> fan of it the first time through uh, I mean, we've talked about this uh, ad nauseum. I was, actually, I was actively an, an anti-fan, actually, on my first listen through. So. Yeah, it was rough. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. I guess I was We're trying to find the together. middle ground between your take and Mandy and Alex's takes. Um, I think, I mean, ATM bombs. I really like that song. <laughs> uh, I, it, it did get a little, like, long-winded, I guess. I mean, some of the songs just seemed to drag out a little bit. And what are you ones that think of that? Like, are you thinking of like brackets? I don't, I, I don't, I can't even like differentiate kind of a whole like chunk of the album because of that. It I all just say, seems to kind of like yeah, blend yeah. together. And, and I don't, I mean, I'm a, I might be a few spins ahead of you. Cause like what you're describing is like how I felt. Yeah. Until just into like last, yes, some of yesterday and today, like I'm actually starting to be able to talk about how it started to feel around 
friends as opposed to brackets and all that stuff. Because earlier than that, it was like, yeah, the whole second half of the album was like, quote unquote, when it gets slower and seriouser. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if it's me, worth it was, just like putting it on shuffle once and just listening to it randomly and how that might affect hearing the songs as opposed to pushing through it all the way from start to finish. Yeah, do you think that a, a collector's album is coming out of this in reverse? <laughs> uh, no, I can't can't really see that happening. I think we have to wait for... It actually for... starts off with a little pump disc and then goes from there. <laughs> no, we have to wait for the fall-off to come out first. The, you know, the yeah, intro so track Oliver's is talking about the fall-off. Like, yeah. By the way, great, yeah, great attention to detail. I was like, man, that's... Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's going to do that. That's total fan theory type stuff, but that was... That's what we're here for. That's cool. Yeah, the idea of like the the warm up or the come up, the warm up, and then and now the fall off. Yeah, that's my um, prediction. Is also, he's like going to brand two, it as a mixtape. So the more I listen to it, the more I, like I said, love it, and I feel like there's we get we got two closers, which is a unusual thing for an album because they both actually feel necessary in their own ways. Yeah. Um, Window Pane, like I said before, is one of my favorite songs, probably the my favorite song on the album, and it like both from what he's talking about and the way it sounds. I think some mm-hmm. songs just sound like they are the ending. They yeah. just It sounds like the end of a movie. 100%. Uh, the beat is so good. And then, so that kind of could be the ending without the, the, the fall off, without 1985. That could have just closed up the album. But then it feels, I know, well, we should talk about the song because Holland's not liking it, but I feel like that was cool. It also was important because it did some of the actual more literal messaging that I kind of missed in the album so i had been a little disappointed really disappointed from the start that i wouldn't wasn't hearing more like of him saying how he felt but like kind of implying it through satire through the whole album i disagree with that right what i i disagree with that i think that's the reason that i did not enjoy the last song is that i felt like it was really on the nose about the whole thing like i think the whole idea of what we were talking about earlier with the duality of the issue and him representing that in a in a truthful way is like thrown out the window with the last song. Mm, I, so my feeling you is that I, mean? I guess what I'm saying about those two closers is it's kind of like it's cool to me because it kind of conserved two different types of people. Because yeah. that for me, the kind of person I am, I really wanted that or needed that to kind of yeah. seal it up and kind of yeah, like make sense of the whole thing and say just so we're clear this is how I, J. Cole, feel about this whole thing. Like, I'm the guy who just authored everything you just heard, and this is my, like, this is me. I feel that, but dude, like it's my, like, if it's you watch... like he wrote a caption for it, or he wrote, like, a, it was like he did a gallery, and then, like, he wrote the little intro booklet that you get when you walk in, and, like, that, you know, was him talking about his work, sort of. Yeah, so, I get that, but to me, it's, like, serving as, like, both sides of the thing. He's, like, being the artist and, like, the reviewer the of curator. the artist. Yeah, yeah. reviewer. You know, it's like if you watched Inception and then there was one scene at the end that was like, oh, by the way, like I'm dying to stay with my wife. And he like looks right at the camera and says that is like, that's how kind of it felt to me. You know, it's like, I know I got like I was I watched the whole rest of the movie. I like I get it. You know, like that's how it felt to me. I think also there's a I mean, but this is what you're saying with the preaching is and hopefully it's not driving a further wedge between people, but there is a certain satisfaction that comes from, I, I've never, I don't know, maybe Justin might be so, you might know better than me on something like this, but um, I, I don't know, like an, eth- an ethering. Okay. Well then you'll definitely know uh, an <laughs> ethering like that in that style, like a, such a, 
So it's just like a Charlemagne the God tweeted that he he like uh, dissed Lil Pump with a TED talk or something, and it was just funny because it was so like studious and just like I just think it was so wise. It, it, I guess it's similar to what he was doing with the Kanye West verse on that. Uh, on that other song, because to me, when he yeah. put that out, I think people had similar reactions. Not so much as like, this is, well, people probably did call that preachy, preachy too. Um, just kind of throwing stones and like talking shit about someone more famous to get attention before he put out For Your Eyes Only. Uh, but I felt like the case he made was very compelling as a Kanye West fan, as a fan mm-hmm. of the early years of that. Like, it was hard. I don't think the, I think the points he was making were pretty, pretty bulletproof in, in the, that verse about him. And I think I feel similarly about this. You could feel like it's a little too didactic and, and paternalistic that he's doing this, but I think the actual points are very well made and well stated. And like, it is hard to, to believe that you can last for more than five years when you, your fans mostly like raging with you. And once they get too old to rage, they will be gone. And are you cultivating new ones? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could be like, is dissing? Is are you dissing like teenagers? Is that weird? But yeah, I but Ryan, if you want, if like, if you honestly want teenagers, Ryan, if you want them to get the message, though, it's like the form is not going to get through to them, and like he has to know that, don't you think? Yeah, it's like it's. He's. I think there's like you mentioned. I think there's. Well, you said there's a few lines to throw us off the scent of it being preachy. I actually would kind of split it and say I think that there's. I overall thought it's not that bad, but I think there's a few lines in there that, like, if you took those out, it would be drastically less offensive. Like, the I hope you're not as dumb as you look line, to me, is hilarious. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, because they look dumb. But, like, <laughs> like, like in your, your point of view and what you're saying, like, yeah, that doesn't really help. And when he gets on Instagram stories and is, like, talking shit, like, it's probably because mostly of lines like that. And, and that's what makes it most, like, hard to criticize him for getting mad about it in Lil Pump because he's not just uh, yeah, reacting to some game that a guy gave him and was just trying to like right. help him out because he also called him dumb looking and <laughs> said that, you know, so I understand why he'd be upset. Yeah, I mean, I get why he would be upset, but at the same time, it's like, uh, but the whole thing is kind of satirical. So if people are talking shit to each other, you know, take it, you know, don't have a glass jaw. Like if you're going to come at somebody and they come back at you, like... Take it like a man and, you know, I mean, not to be all, you know, whatever. Take it like a 17-year-old. Yes, take it like a 17-year-old who's in an emotional state of not understanding the world at all. Um, uh, but, man. yeah. Don't talk shit like you're not 17 and then come back and say, oh, man, I'm only 17. Fuck you, yeah, old head. Yeah, like, that's, what I, that's exactly. what I don't get about it. I don't like that. Yeah. As in, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see it's a little bit preachy. I personally love the track just because of its preachiness, to be quite honest. And the little pump's reaction... Kind of cemented that for me. It's like, okay, you're missing the entire point in an album yeah, where I, it's easy I to miss the point. And wait, what? I was just gonna say it bears like uh, keeping in mind that you know, in rap music, people are like threatening to kill each other sometimes. So the yeah. fact that somebody like said you were dumb looking <laughs> is kind of it's not that bad. You know, but it's amazing it's that, that he bad. said in a, it. In a thing that was largely like, hey, you know, yeah, people spend a lot of effort to talk shit about each other in yeah. non-productive ways so you know there are worse things than somebody criticizing you but giving saying things that if you were to follow would probably be helpful i mean um, i think yeah i hope that there's largely agreement on the point that what he's saying is true i think that the things he's saying is true 
I think I think it's hilarious too on this album that could be easily misunderstood as not having a message or anything like that. If you only listen to it a couple times, uh, Ryan, uh, that on the tra- <laughs> no, I've listened like ten times. No, yeah, but on the track that's it's like so blatantly. Here is my point. Here is what I'm trying to say. The message was still missed by the one person that you could say it was geared towards, and it's kind of hilarious to me that even when he's being that obvious. Some well, people you're saying are it's still hilarious. Just... Helen's saying it's disappointing. No, no, no. I, I just think it's like... It's not being missed, though. It's just the way he's presenting it. I, it's yeah. being constructive, is what I'm saying. Like, if, Dude, like, if I'm Lil Pump, and I'm totally on J. Cole's side about the whole thing, but if I'm Lil Pump, I'm like, all right, it's like, I know what you're saying, but then you're also going to throw in this, like... Like, you're just also just insulting me on kind of a base level. So, like, if I'm a little pump, I'm like, yeah, like, fuck you, man. Like, people love me. <laughs> like, I have all these fucking fans, and I'm making so much money. Like, I don't need you talking down to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, any, any last thoughts, Ryan? Um, just that I thought my fandom was in question. I thought I was very concerned. While I was both going through the, my concern about this, this album, I was both concerned with myself. And I was going through a very dark period. And I was taking it out on Mandy and Alex in the Slack. Yeah. And, uh, the 12 yeah, stages been, of J. Cole fandom. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Oh, man. But I, I got through it. And I actually have seen a lot of... Uh, well, it sounds like even here, too, with maybe... I think, Justin, you were saying it. And I've seen like among friends as well that uh, a lot of people who initially were were not feeling it are starting to come around the, lo- the more time they spend with it, which is... I don't know. That's that's a good way for it to go. Obviously, it's worse to have something come out that at first everyone for like three weeks, four weeks is just crazy for, and then it just kind of. I mean, again, to bring up one of those guys again in the big three, something like More Life. It's hard for me to. I sometimes speak from outside the bubble on this because I'm just not a fan, um, and it's hard to argue against the streams and the statistics. But for me, it's like, is there even a question as far as? is this going to have more of an emotional cultural meaning over time than more life? Yeah. Like well, it, it just seems like there's not even a debate. I don't know. Maybe by sheer numbers of people, there are more people out there who feel some type of connection to the music of more life. But to me, it, it has no, I, I view him from afar and I see there being no, no importance meaningfully to anything he does. It's, it's bubblegum. Now, and I, I take that back with like Nice for What, the video, there's some messaging there that means a lot to a lot of people. But I mean, like pre- some previous stuff. I don't know what you yeah. guys think about that. A hundred percent. And um, but doesn't it feel yeah. like there's a PR? But in Drake's case, doesn't it feel like there's a PR guy behind the scenes kind it's of like pulling the strings on yeah. something like Nice for What? Whereas with J. Cole, so it kind of feels even more if there's like, something like that, you feel like it, it was forced? Or yeah. if there's like a mess? I just feel like that's the sense of it from. Do you not feel that way, Ryan? And with God's plan as well, with the yeah. giving people money on the street, it's like, ah. Yeah, even, I yeah, even believe after this. that, people were like, oh, like, man, this is kind of a PR thing. I feel like Drake is at this place where he can't win with that sort of stuff. Yeah. But for some reason, J. Cole, it just always feels like it's just him coming from his conscious, you know? Yeah, and it all works together. It all makes sense, and that's what I was going to say with the uh, when you were talking about the release style. It was like the way that he's become kind of a a celebrity recluse, it all fits in with that, that style of release where it's like, exactly. it seems genuine because it's like, he seems like someone who genuinely does not want to fucking deal with the process of promoting an album. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, someone like a Beyonce, I don't know, different artists that's become in vogue to do that. Like it's coming out tomorrow kind of thing. But, but like even Drake, I think too. may have done that with one or two things, but, um, 
sometimes it's just a PR thing or it's a marketing stunt because that is like it gets a lot of people talking and people the next day blow it up on Spotify. But for him, it genuinely seems like an extension of himself that he is not a person that is excited about doing a three month label rollout, um, doing shows and appearances on on yeah TV like on complex online shows and shit like that. Maybe he'll do that now. I guess he'll do that. He'll probably be on some late night shows. Maybe now. I'm assuming, but we've got him next week, right, on the show. Oh, didn't, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. When did you guys book him? That's great. I just booked him like right now. Yeah, that's amazing. So, all right, this is uh, going to take you back in time now, back in the time machine, and Holland will link it up so that you are hearing the interview we did with Carvasia. Enjoy. Put them sorrows into this bottle A hundred proof, yeah, you stay lit Falling into tomorrow Hungover and miss the day shit Priorities on your playlist Nah, a different tune when addictions More up the group, keep on sipping Till your mood improves Reflecting with you and your open family Don't intrude in a room Dwelling on what you've been through It ain't the end of the world But more like lessons for your mental The more you sip, the more you think The more you feel invincible where that bottle got some demons that we steady summon Yeah, we engage without no rings and pouring shots for nothing Celebrate mistakes and bitch on your successes, huh? Just abusing, it's a weapon, no neglecting Grab a cup if you seek a direction Say what You've just been transported backwards five days again Sorry for the jet lag, uh, it'll be worth it Our guest this week is Carvassier He's been making music in Durham for a long time As long as I can remember uh, You did, I remember when I saw artwork by Ruben Rodriguez, actually, of yours, maybe back in 2013 or something like that. So mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a while. You have a show tonight with a bunch of people, Wrecking Crew, Nance, uh, Science, right. am I forgetting somebody? Oh, China Vaughn. Yeah, at the Pinhook. Right, right. You ready yeah. for that show? No. No, you're not ready for the show? I'm not. Uh, <laughs> just about the strength of every show, it doesn't bother me until the day of. I still get goosebumps, butterflies, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I still feel like that. It doesn't matter if it's five people in the audience. It never hits to the day of, like, oh, shit, I'm actually performing today? So, <laughs> to answer your question, I am ready, but I'm nervous. So, so I mean, I like I said, I know you've been doing this for a long time, for as long as I can remember. I saw a track on SoundCloud the other day I was listening to as far back as 2013, 2012, wow. and I think it was Wright Brothers. Wow. It was called Wright Brothers. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with uh, the Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. my bro, yeah. Yeah, so, how, how long has it been? Because that's not the first... Yeah, the first thing you've done. And Justin loved that name, by the way. Right. Um, man, uh, I've been doing this for I've been doing this forever. I'm sorry. We got we actually just mentioned the mic and pulling it closer <laughs> and forward and it already happened. But no, I've actually been rapping since eleven years old. And okay. writing I didn't start recording until maybe like fourteen. And I've since then I've been investing in music. And I don't know if we have time to go that deep. I can. We got. Push look, you're the one who's limiting the time because of the show you have to perform. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't know what the order is. When you go on, we can be here all night. Actually, I'm first. Okay, okay. So, so maybe we're, we got- we're actually pretty fine, actually. Well, a little backdrop on that. Um, I started hustling CDs uh, in like eighth grade, actually sixth grade. So I was the guy that was on your bear shares, any of your person to person sharing, and people would give me lists like, hey, I need all these songs on one CD. Okay, cool, pay me, I'll take it, whatever. And I ended up doing that for a while, and leading up to eighth grade, I started investing in studio time. So I was in a group, it was probably like at least six of us, we were like a Wu-Tang of people, and 
Where was it? This is in Durham. Definitely. Yeah, Durham. Yeah. We started at Shepherd Middle School. So Justin, can you verify, you know, Shepherd? I didn't grow up in dust in Durham to be. Okay. Okay. Shepherd Middle School as <laughs> a magnet school now, I think. But um, we started there and we were just knucklehead. Did you, you say know? it's a backup school? Magnet. Oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, people, no, people no, have no. Backups for middle school? <laughs> Like, yeah, this is, you got dropped out or you left? Yeah, come here. We're going to need you to shepherd the backup school. But no, 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 that's actually a magnet school. School of distinction when I was there. So, but yeah, um, we started there and it was a process learning how to record music and not knowing the ins and outs, music game, any of those type of tricks or skills that someone should teach you. I really didn't have that chance. It just happened. Mm-hmm. So we were paying, what, $25 an hour back then. You okay, and this pay. is one year? This is eighth grade, 05. Okay, yeah, it's right around that LimeWire era. Shazam? Exactly. Wait, not Shazam, that's a current thing. Yeah, Kazaa's yeah, yeah. what I was thinking yeah, of. Kazaa, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I just used my Shazam. But uh, yeah, that was a period, you know, hip hop, little brother. I didn't know anything about local stuff, but the I've never yeah. told anyone this, but little brother was introduced to be by my mom. Wow, my that's mom, a cool mom story. Yeah, my mom said, hey, these guys was owning the newspaper, Little Brother, in front of Harold Sun. That's back when we had newspapers. Right, yeah. People just go online now and look at a blog or something and turn the computer off and it's fake news. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she showed me them, and I was like, Little Brother, I'm, I'm a young kid. I only know mainstream. I didn't. I wasn't aware of the dividing line of underground and mainstream. Like, music was just music to me. Right. So I ended up getting into them, and by the time I got to eighth grade and put out my first mixtape, I went off to high school. So now I'm in a group still and it doesn't work anymore. By the time 2008 comes around and we put out maybe two mixtapes that year. We're still investing and we actually were recording on West Main Street. Wow. And it was where the the Girlies is. People don't know, it's a a drugstore called Girlies. Right next to it, they built a restaurant. It used to be a studio there. You could walk upstairs and there's a whole lot of renovation. This is a really like insidery Durham stuff that we're getting into. But right, that space they used for uh, Art of Cool last year. Right. And it's really cool, like really big open space. I don't know how it gets used right now, but so that used to be a studio? Yeah, you had to walk up steps. They knocked right, right. all of it out. It was, that's, it's crazy walking by it now because now we're actually in a runaway store and the studio was right mm-hmm. up the block. Yeah. But um, yeah, we had, did those two mixtapes in eighth grade. I mean, one in eighth grade, two on the way to high school. So 2008, this was around the election and Obama was being elected. And we dropped our final project, and then we just broke up. We was just we were knuckleheads. We were kids, but it always stuck with me because um, music is just is a part of me. My stepfather actually had turntables set up in my room, so I really didn't have a choice if I wanted to hear music or not. You just come in your room one day after school, and someone's on a turntable. This shit again. <laughs> This sounds like the opposite of the Little Brother minstrel show skit where the dad is telling him to cut the music off. Right, right. <laughs> it's all in there. He's like, oh. And then it gets late, and then you want to go to sleep. And after you looked up, he might have recorded a mixtape. So I was watching mixtapes being recorded. I was watching local scene. Like, my, my stepfather was actually a part of the local scene. He went by DJ Jam. And he pretty much was a part of a lot of the beginning stuff in Durham as far as hip hop is concerned. A lot of people know the Butter team in Durham. He was yeah. he was friends with those type of people. So I just was a sponge. 
music, anything that he played, hip hop, blends, acapellas, I just was, what is this? This is, this is drugs. And the first song that I can remember at least, it's so many hip hop songs I've heard, but the first song that stuck in my brain was definitely um, Rakim's I Know You Got Soul. Like, Rakim coming to Raleigh in a couple weeks. 419, right? Yeah. It's just tomorrow. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so when this comes out, it will have already happened. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, fast forward, you know, the group is over with. I ended up running into a mentor named Skaz Digger. He's actually been the DJ for Big Daddy Kane currently for 20 years. So Slight flex. Right. <laughs> also, I didn't mention this in high school. Um, I mentioned the little brother thing. I actually met Knife Wonder in 20, 2008 when he first worked at Central. People don't know Knife taught at Central twice. He used to teach with Christopher Martin from uh, Kid and Play. Okay. So that first time being there, I actually went because a friend of mine had a connection with the engineer. You went to Central because of that. So this would be this the, was high school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I was going to say, we've already dealt with this on this show where people went to Central yeah. just to go meet Knife Oh, Wonder. no, we did that, that too. That was Danny Blaze. We, we did that too. Okay. We're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> but um, we recorded, and I'll never forget Knife Wonder just sitting in there at the desk, and the engineer, who might have been a student now that I think about it, was just recording us. And all I remember, we recorded the song. I'm with a group still. And he came in there, and Knife just bombarded the session. And he stopped everything. Next thing you know, one person, two person, three. You look up, it's probably like 12 or 13 people in the room. And he puts on this posse cut. It's like 12 people on it. And some of those people that I heard then on the Ninth Wonder record, you can look this up. It's called B-Ball Tryouts. It's an artist on their name, Rhapsody. Look it up. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this artist named Rhapsody. Uh, She's pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) So... You got Rhapsody up there, a friend of mine named Mark Steele, D. Tom Hardy. It was just a friend of mine named Blair. So this is post-Justice League. This is kind of like the people that kind of emerged after that. Exactly. The newer class of hip-hop or whatever you want to call it. And I was around, but I was in high school, so I couldn't just come up to Central as much as they could and try to weasel my way in on Jamla or something. So were you going to school at all at this time, or were you just mostly going visiting Central? No, nah, I was still in high school. <laughs> no, I, was I in, meant, like, were you going to the high school? It sounds like yeah, you just... I was in high school down the street um, on Fairville Street. I went to Hillside. Okay. So, you know, Central's pretty much a long walk, but it's a walk. <laughs> and um, we would just go up there. People would, like you said earlier, people in high school or later would go just sit in his class. I actually didn't do that to maybe, like, three, four years ago. That's amazing, just... In the context of um, Justin has said before, you know, in his class now at Central, there will be people in his class who don't even, you can correct me if I'm wrong, like fully appreciate who he is, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing because it's like back then you'd have people like you guys sneaking in, you know, trying to just get in the door to be, you know, it might still happen still with Hillside students. I don't really, I don't know. But I was actually going to ask you because in your music, it sounds like the little brother, like from early on, was clear the influence was evident. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, it's, absolutely. It sounds like you know that was one of the first things you got turned on to in North Carolina. Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 so much hip hop, and Little Brother is definitely one of those people that helped me christen my my style. I love. What stood out to content. you about, about their music? Uh, definitely the instrumentation, of course, um, the rhymes, and I. I know G just came up here and talked about Fonte, but Fonte is one of my favorites too. And funny story about G. We can all like him. It's okay. Right. And I'm selfish. That's my favorite rapper. But um, actually, um, 
uh, Art of Cool last year, um, me and G were standing outside of the armory and we both met Fonte at the same exact time. And we, I thought I was like a pussy for fanning out, but he fanned out with me. So I was like, oh shit, I'm cool. We, like, that was Fonte. I was like, yeah, bro, it was Fonte. And we literally fanned out. And I was like, damn, we're pussy. <laughs> but Fonte just is regular. He's He embraced us and I talked to him later that night and I introduced myself and he said, I know who you are. And that made me feel even better because he did a drop on my first mixtape and I didn't think he remembered. So, do you, I mean, you've been doing it long enough. Do you think that people here, even if they don't always vocalize it, mm-hmm. they they know your name? You've been doing this long enough. I, I just feel like that's been the case for a while. I've been meaning to write something, haven't written it about just it's a name. Your name has just kind of been present for years now, even if it's not like there's not like a release and it's like gigantic dominating the scene. It's just like I think there's the respect. Do you feel that from other artists in the area? I do, and. It's interesting finally hearing someone say it because I've, I didn't know, but respect does carry you a long way and you're right. I didn't realize that. I kind of, I sleep on myself. I'm going to be honest with you. I sleep on myself because I've been doing music so long. It's a habit. It doesn't, hey, this is amazing. It is? Okay. Back to work. Mm -hmm. I don't pat myself on the back enough. So to hear you say I'm respected and my name has been afloat, it's like, it makes me seem. It makes me feel like I need to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to because we've been doing this for three months, so I don't want to compare us to the work you've been doing for years. But right. it's a sim. I mean, there is a there are similarities, and just sometimes you look at anything that you're putting out into the world, and especially nowadays with social media and just all the access we have to all the channels that you can micromanage and look at every little detail and stat about how many people are talking back to you about it or sharing it or whatever. And then you have conversations later with people and realize that they, they love it or they enjoyed what you did and they just didn't say anything to you at the time. And you kind of have to remind yourself of that sometimes. Right. No matter what, no matter what happens in the moment. And FYI, Ryan has actually spoke up for me before. You've done it. You just done oh, it on wow. the podcast, but I've watched you. You guys are sleeping okay. I've seen those posts okay. and I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm just doing my best, okay? I'm just doing my best. But uh, I have to also talk about your collaborator who's here with us today because you've been working with Dre Rubio for a long time as a producer. Right, right. And, and uh, you know, a lot of us work on projects creatively with a, a co-conspirator who we're with for a long time, in your case, years. Can you just talk a little bit about the pros and cons of having a go-to a go-to guy in this case, who you guys, I mean, it, I don't know what you would put the percentage at. It seems like he does 90% of what you work on. Um, It's funny because I get to see Dre's interaction with other artists and a lot of people may think, oh man, he just works with K and it's really not the case. This guy snuck on G's last project. What song was that? What it is, man. That's oh shit! I should have looked a little closer at the liner notes. It says "Foreign Specimen" because he's a part of a collective with our other guy, Ron Jovi. Okay, I was gonna ask what "Foreign Specimen" was. You guys are very uh, secretive about that. Yeah, we're pretty meticulous, man. (laughs) (laughs) But Ron Jovi and Dre. Ron was actually he produces, but he was the engineer at one point. Mm -hmm. So we started recording the project "No Drive" with him, and it just turned into something. Me, him, and Dre just kept the rotation of creating together. So now you just heard the project where Dre handled the bulk of the production, but now the newer material is both of them. And a record like New Beginnings that we dropped was yeah, actually- Yeah, I listened, that was very good. 
appreciate it. And a different it. sound, I think. So it makes sense that he's working with somebody else on the production because it, it sounds a little different than something like the No Drive. You know, exactly, mixtape. exactly. And it's, it's challenging. I, I love working, you know, with one person, but it also shows you, it challenges you. Like, Dre could throw me one record and I'm like, I might not be feeling this. Or it may be, you know what, let's, let's just try it. You like, trust what? him that he, exactly. he has a sense of what works. Exactly. In the same way with me, if I have a sample, I'm like, yo, try this sample out for me, Dre. Like, all right, I, I might think about it. It's, it's, it's all, it's, it's fun. We got to get cameras in here because the motions, like, we miss every th- things every week where the motions people are doing off mic are incredible. <laughs> right. So, I, I mentioned that No Drive album. What was the message behind the album, the, the title of it and the, the album art with the cars on it? What was the message behind it? Man, it's pretty deep. I never told anyone else. Either. Okay, well, um, here we go. No Drive is, it was pretty much about quitting music. Um, no Drive, literally, no drive. I don't have any drive to do this shit anymore. And then another meaning that I had, no drive, was I have a lot of car problems. That's <laughs> everyone the lighter has, side of it. Yeah, everyone has the fucked up car, and they seen on the front of the cover, it's a car. That's literally me. I'm a, I'm a work in progress, and I got my, my alternator needs fixing. And it's, it's like in the junkyard. It's like exactly. a scene out of cars, like, like Pixar cars. Right. You know, and that's, that's no drive. Like, I, I didn't have any drive to do music because, like you said, people have known your name and respect for so long and I'm wondering like is this enough or mm-hmm. am I doing enough as an artist so it makes you question yourself and it is it went a lot into depression you know like a lot of people talk about mental health and stuff I've been fighting mental health for years like and one of the things that my OG had spoke of and told me a long time ago with music it's never ever 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 going to be a balance between your actual life and your music life It'll never be a balance. Like you can you can strive for that, but you it's not, you're never going to reach it. You're exactly. never going to reach that perfect balance that you're hoping for. Exactly. So I, I made no drive with the intent of this is it. If if people don't want if if you hear it you hear it. If you don't you don't. I set my piece. And the irony of no drive. I got my drive back after I finished it. I was going to say, you've made music since then, so I was going to ask right. what happened. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten my drive back after finishing it, but it was just a dark place for me, like in my life at the time, while I was making no drive. That was a that was a two-year process. Mm-hmm. Just rec- we, went, we recorded in Raleigh, and we ended up coming from Raleigh to like the outskirts of Durham, and it, w- it was a lot. Not just my life, Dre's life, Ron's life, everyone surrounding that project. It was it was a zone. And I never understood what a zone meant until we made that project. So now when me and Dre listen to it, we're like, who the fuck is this? And what were those guys? How do we get to this again? What do we got to do? You got in touch with something else outside of yourself. Exactly. And I still can't explain it to this day. But all I can say is it was a zone and no drive was it was a a dark project and I wanted it to end on a brighter note and I pretty much feel that I got that out if you play it from top to bottom it's so meticulous and detailed with interludes and messages like it's so much I wanted to tell people but I didn't know how to slim it down to a couple of songs Mm -hmm. to the songs that we at least got on the project it was it was a lot to it and so no drive it, it just meant a lot to me man and I feel like it still has life on it. Even outside of music, what was that process like? Like you said, I don't know who, who you said in your life was telling you about that balance, but uh, that process of coming to grips with the fact that you're not gonna find it. What, 
what was it that yeah that process of learning and coming to grips with that uh it was it was acceptance it's once you accept it and understand you can't have that balance but you can strive for it it'll work itself out so i i take everything a day at a time and, and realize like we all want to take over the world in a day and that's really not possible you just gotta fire off a few tweets shoot your shot yeah, then you'll you blow up, right? Off. That's what happens, right? Get on Instagram, Cole, you know, see if we can get on the KOD album or something. <laughs> you know, we work it out. But overall, you you just you go. I, I just tell people that I, I just go. I don't know how I'm functioning. I'm a machine that's <laughs> yeah. tired as shit. No drive. It's it's all in that project. So, has has your relationship with music changed in the last over this? This whole run of of the middle school mixtapes to now, you know, how how's your relationship with the music changed? A lot, man. I'm the only thing I feel like happened. The, one of the things that happened the most is I'm just super meticulous. I'm way more comfortable not rushing the release material, rather than oh, let me feed you these today. Let me feed you these tomorrow. With such in a microwave era where people have that five second flash and then got something else. Anything mm -hmm. else available? I just gave you this morsel to teeth on this. <laughs> So I, I don't. You're the first person to say morsel on this show. Really? I wish I, I had an award to give you for saying yes. <laughs> no one has said morsel. We're 15 episodes in. <laughs> I just gave you a morsel. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that threw me off of that morsel. I'm, I'm going to be threw me off. morsel. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's definitely a, a change in love, but I can say my love is strengthened for, for music. It's definitely strengthened. Um, I, I'm, I take my time. I don't want to rush anything, so it definitely made me worse. I think uh, Quest Love may have coined this term, but he's a music snob. I'm he is a, a snob. Yeah, I'm a in music a good way. snob. In a good way, though. I I can't be completely on the material, like tell you how I feel, because I listen with four ears. I tell I never tell people this, but I have four ears. I listen with my fan ears, and I listen with my creative ears. So I'm judging you on all of it at once, and I'm just like, oh, it's cool. And you'd be like, what do you mean? This is fire. Well, the technique of your scheme and the pocket that you set in, it was, it was okay, but I really liked how you did the bridge of the verse. I'm very detailed, so I, I'll sit until I get everything together with Dre and whoever else we've created. Someone was with. trying to tell me they didn't. Sorry, what? The blog yeah, you can write for the blog. I was just telling I someone. to. All right, all right, we'll hook it up. I, uh, someone was telling me they didn't love reviews. I was actually asking somebody as soon as the J. Cole uh, announcement came out, I immediately hit up Jimmy, our friend Jimmy, uh, because I, knew, I wanted to hear what he thought about the album. I would want him to write for the site. And he was like, honestly, man, I'm not really, I'm not really into reviews. Like, I don't really like reviews, mm. period. And I was like, whoa, oh, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Um, oh, man. What's up with that? And I was using Questlove as my example because I had just been reading about how he loved them so much mm. that he apparently wrote reviews for the albums before they came out. Every album that they put out, he wrote a review before it came out, and then he like took pride in how much... It wow. usually matched the major like Rolling Stone review that ended up coming out. That is so Ill. that's how much of a music snob he is. That's ill. I don't, I don't know I'm if you're on that bad. level. I don't think I'm that bad. <laughs> but I really do pay attention to the craft. And that's just over time. Like I said, I've been working on it so much that you don't want to just write a 16-bar verse with an 8-bar hook and call it a song. You might want to do 24 bars and a 6-bar hook. Just challenge yourself. I, I specialize in versatility. Mm. So that's one of the things that I try to incorporate in my craft is the versatility. But 
a lot of people say there's a lack of bars. I don't ever yeah, slack speaking on of, that. I don't well, slack on you're that. saying in, in, in mainstream. Mainstream in general, we know underground is going to always be bars, but mainstream music, we feel it's a lack of because of whether it's mumble rap or whatever you want to blame per se. Well, so there's a lot of uh, experimentation with the sound, obviously, right now, but right. maybe the experimentation with the rapping has gotten to a point that's maybe too repetitive. I don't know if you feel that way. Well, Mike Jones was repetitive. He was repeating himself. We, <laughs> you know, who? Mike Jones, who? Like, Re- repetition yeah. is a part of music. But you said Bad Baby <laughs> has good writers, though. She does. I, I, don't, I haven't even given Bad Baby's music a listen. Am I missing out I on think something? I'm, I'm listening to her flows. Like That's uh, your two critical ears, not maybe your two fan yeah, ears. I'm like, that flow, high bit, nine in, nine in. I, I just <laughs> heard that part. And I was like, oh, that flow is kind of okay. Yeah. The bars, no, but that flow. Okay. Find the positives. <laughs> so overall, what is your, your take on where things stand in this area right now? Not the mainstream, but in, in North Carolina, in the Triangle and North Carolina as a whole. Because uh, you've have, seen a lot come and go. Right. We've, we have an over a... Mm. Let me word this correctly. We have, I feel, between Raleigh, Durham, Greens, right, all these places, we have the largest amount of talent but we lack the industry mm. here we need shameless plug super empty we need these type of platforms where i'll take it where where artists are being displayed and, and being spoken to about the crab because it's so much talent but it's not enough podcasts here we don't need three million of them but you need those people who throw events and collect different artists and showcase them in another state or city we need that, and it's shout out to Chubbs. Chubbs, I haven't met Chubbs, but Chubbs is dope. You gotta connect with him. Shout out to Head Graphics too, and the Do Rag March and all that. I didn't get to get my Do Rag customized, but you know, I really did want to go. But um, yeah, yeah, Chubbs might be a little bit of like a slight. I don't know, not a different generation than you, but well, rap generations are shorter, right? So he's from a little bit of a because I because he came on the show, he didn't. Uh, I was like, do you care about the Fonte album? Because it had just come out. Mm. And he was like, I think Ace probably cares. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and I mean, it wasn't trying to be offensive. It was just like, that's how he felt. Real, yeah. He just, it's not really on his, on his radar, if you will. That's the name of his show. Well, one other thing I wanted to ask you about before you went was the conversation about, uh, on Twitter every day, mm-hmm. there is one viral tweet talking about how you got to quit everything you don't want to be doing right now and pursue your craft, your dream full time. Mm. And someone going viral with a tweet talking about how if you quit your job to do your dream, you're an irresponsible dirtbag <laughs> hobo <laughs> and you need to be responsible. So where do you fall in that discussion? Uh, I, I take it you, you, uh, well, I'll let you say it. I feel you should do what's best you as a person you should definitely do what's best for you in your life everyone lives a different life and everyone can't shut down post up in their mom's basement and make a crazy album you know i wish i could i wish i was smarter and done that part just shut down and quit life and really did it but no you that's a matter of privilege like who can shut down and not make money for a period of time exactly you know that's that's and that's what i was talking to you earlier about i mean i don't mean to disparage because I don't know enough about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and it could be something that, you know, I identify with as well, but I don't know enough about lyrical lemonade, but something like that is, I want to know more about how this came to be. Cause I feel I'm interested in, in the background of how maybe someone might've had the time to just be 
I, I'm I'm making big assumptions. I don't know if you know more about the situation, but there's a lot of that. I've actually just started researching a lot of lyrical lemonade, but we'll talk off record. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk off record. <laughs> Any final? No- oh no. What is but this? back to the local scene thing. Yeah. As far as how I feel, like I said, I feel this great amount of talent, lack of industry, and people to know how. It's it's a music business, not a music friendship. So a lot of those skills. We don't know. Not mm-hmm. speaking on just me or anyone. It's certain things that a lot of people are missing. So it's like an island. I call. I say this to uh, my friends. This scene is an island. It's. I'm gonna just say. I'm gonna use six. It's six islands. This island interacts with that island. That island interacts with that island, but they don't all interact with each other. Right. There's it's no this, nucleus, really. Exactly. There's not a hub. You're, you're not gonna see. Uh, I don't want to put those names, but you're not going to see mainstream type acts in the city. With, I can use my imagination. Yeah, you're not going to use about. mainstream acts. Uh, you're not going to use MC Trap Star. It's not going to be on a bill with a prominent MC like uh, Justin Jones. You know, they're not going to do a show together. Holy shit. Yeah, they're blasting it. There's no uh, fine line. It's just you're either over there or you're over there. And if you're not with this island, you can't interact with this island. But we're going to rock with that island. That island's cool. But it's still six islands. They just interact with who they feel. And I think that sucks. But we could all get I don't know if any region has done that well, though. You know, other than, you know, New York. (laughs) And even then, I don't even know enough to say that New York doesn't well. How do we judge Atlanta then? Like... People being I don't know what the the hubs are like culturally that hold it together, or if it's sheer star power of some of the the representatives right. who go off to New York and L.A. But they continue to rep that. Well, you have very well known studios, I suppose, with and Coach K. I forget the name of his studio. Quality control and well, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, the place they record. I forget the name of, but um, Street there's these X? institutions. Is it Street X? That doesn't sound like it. I, I don't know. But there's also like in Chicago, I'm thinking of the dude uh, who made beats for Chief Keef. You know who I'm talking about. He was young. He was like in his mom's house, basically. Uh, what's my guy's name? And Big he has a Chop. Real, Big Chop. Young Chop. There's young Chop. Yeah. People like that who kind of, uh, I don't know. It just, it becomes established that there's like these either recording studios or record labels or certain individuals like, uh, they handle production or management or whatever that they stay in the area. And then mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it's not a news outlet. I don't think there's like a big Atlanta website that they all get posted. <laughs> right. <on>, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the way they engage, man, I, I just wish we engaged more people engage with each other. There is interaction. There is collaborations. It just could be bigger because of the amount of talent we have here. But other people are on different journeys. So you may never know why certain right. people don't interact with each other. Well, tonight's show is a good start. It's a good lineup. And it's, it's crazy you said that, actually. It's one thing. I, I've been sitting with this idea. I love posse cuts, and I always wanted to do a compilation with the area of just yeah, posse yeah, cuts. Yeah. But it's so hard to get everyone together. So my, what I want is like a 12-minute version of North CAC. That would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe not 12 people. minutes, but at least like five or six MCs just, just going Yeah, we shoot it in Durham Bull Stadium. I hadn't even thought of the music video yet, so see, there we go. See, that's how you do it. <laughs> That'd be crazy. We're also going to do a summer basketball game. 
nice. this summer. I just said that. We haven't done any of the planning yet. Coming soon. Yeah, so you might want to be involved. <laughs> Definitely. I don't hoot, but I could uh, host a referee. Or yeah, we'll, we'll do other stuff. There'll be, you know, performances maybe. I don't know. This That'd is all fun. made up. I'm making this up off the top of my head. Remember these ideas. Do not steal them. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just join us. I was just thinking of Kanye West's philosophy that he's giving out on Twitter right he's now. Talking about Twitter. we all have to collaborate. We all have to. Uh, don't worry about ownership. Everyone's being like that feeling when you've won 21 grams. Right. <laughs> don't let them. Don't sign no contractual agreements where they limit your thinking. Don't do it. You either go. You either moving by fear or love. Which one you doing for them diamonds? Yeah, Ye was going off on Twitter. Like, yeah, I mean, he just typed, but that's probably how he would yeah. have said it. He was just in his room waving his hand. <laughs> you don't even know about Steve Jobs. I'd be like, what is wrong with you, bro? Calm down, man. Steve Jobs has uh, been deceased for a while. Rest in peace. He's a modern philosopher. That's I'm the all. new Steve Jobs mixed with Jimi Hendrix and Coke Habits. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when are you putting out your impressions album? I've been neglecting doing a parody album for a long time, but I just told Dre uh, we may have to do one one day because I do them for fun. I just don't record them. I I do trap songs. I do a lot of funny songs, but I don't want to put it. You put out. them out under a different moniker. You should make. I do make have. A a, name. I do. I do oh. have one. He's just not out yet. Um, he's actually called. Is this, wait, is this? Is this uh, Urban Lou? No, 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 no. Are you no, no, are you no, no, Urban no. Lou? I'm not Urban Lou. I'm not. I'm not. That's Toolis. It's like, nah. <laughs> that, that's Toolis. Also, you call him Toolis, by the way, which yeah, is interesting. That's the God, Toolis. <laughs> Toolis the God. He's Charlemagne's cousin. But yeah, man. <laughs> well, so are you going to tell us the name of your uh, oh, yeah, I'm parody? Uh, well, the artist's name yeah. is uh, Trap Skywalker. Trap Skywalker. Yeah. So look out for is Trap Skywalker. Is he on Skywalker. the internet? No, not yet. He's not yet. Um, he actually does have a song. It's called Rari. He was like, I just bought me a Rari, bitch, but I took it back. He's like making a song about leasing song, leasing, <laughs> leasing cars, but people won't understand the underlining message. I just leased the car. I didn't pay full price, you know? Trap Skywalker is like in the finances, but he's a trapper. So, you know, one day, you know, we might have to have him debut on the podcast. Would you ever... Would you ever have him do a live show? If I had enough people on stage to be ignorant with me, yes. I need like- You mean with him? Yeah, with him, sorry. That's my cousin. Um, we need like this, we need like a juice lord amount of people on stage. Were you at the show? I wasn't, I heard no, it was I fire. As well. I heard I, it was fire, all, man. I saw the footage. Suck. Yeah, we suck ass, man, shout out to man. 3 a.m. Everybody, I had them on the, um, Use them as a soundtrack for the episode this week. Well, I couldn't Juice's album. I don't know if it's out yet. I couldn't find the songs. Oh, yeah, but yeah, he's he's that. really good. Yeah, I don't know. He's guy. from another like group that kind of has emerged more recently than his fucking you. shows are crazy. His shows are insane. When's the last time you saw him? I seen him perform. Might have been Beats and Bars last year. That's the last yeah. vivid memory yeah. of those shining lights, and he was just going ape shit up there. Yeah. But it was great. Well, hopefully you're at Beats and Bars this year. I've got. I we still are waiting. Year. We don't know what's gonna happen, man. <laughs> I was because, there last year. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't play it. Every year, I'll I guess. be there, though, probably. But uh, they got. They have the festival happening like one week away from Art of Cool, so we don't know what's gonna Yo, happen. Oh, shout out to that beats and bars, Art of Cool. We got some dope shit going on yeah, out here. No, it's we bubbling. You're right. Dope shit going on. We can talk about it any other time. You can come on the show. You'll be our guest. Be, oh, also, and you'll write for the site, so we'll work that out. Definitely, we might have to try some videography and get some film going. You have any film-related people reviewing stuff? Like just doing YouTube reviews? Yeah, kind of like like, a, like Needle Drop. 
yeah, that's, I could do that type of reviewing because you can interact and see me on camera rather than I'm just talking. With let's you. let's do it, man. Shout out! See, we making stuff happen up here, man. Don't thank run you for away. To the show. Thank you for coming right, on. Likewise, man. I thank you for having me up here, man. Have fun. Hey. Too much flavor, can't call the swag. 919, boy, get that back. I like chicks who got too much spice. It's okay, dude. This skinny is nice. Don't mean to be specific, who cares? Just like Nelly, I need two pairs. Fresh outfit and on ice. This is the night we bout to get right. Proceed. We That's our show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you don't mind that we recorded it a week in advance. And get that KOD. I can't believe I'm saying this uh, before it's even out. I have no idea Is this how it was. King of Durham? That's King what of I heard. Durham. King of yeah. Durham. We were saying for, in honor of Cavassier that it stands for King of Durham. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it's going to go double platinum with no features or a feature that we all, it seems like, is him in this guy, Kill Edward, that everyone's talking about. Uh, that's all I've got. So also, give us a rating. Give us a review. On the iTunes store, I haven't been plugging this enough. We haven't been doing a good enough job at the RPN. Or I should say on my show. I don't know about on your show. We've been guys, climbing. We've been getting okay. up there. Yeah. So we're, we're sending out a few five-star reviews, but we, we could always use more of them. So please do that. And, uh, you know, I know Carvasio would do the same thing. So if he can do it, you can do it. All right. And, and go back through the catalog as well, because there's some awesome interviews. Yes. Uh, the G, the synopsis, on down the list. So, yeah, if you're a new listener, go back through the catalog, listen to those old interviews. Um, there's some gems in there. Absolutely. All right. Until next time. Peace.